my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy holidays, Tanner Fuller Gibbler fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing this December? I'm doing good. I still got to wrap those gifts, though. I'm running out of time. <laughs> um, first off, I want to let you know if you haven't been on the internet yesterday, um... There's been some sad news. The Fuller House cast lost a beloved co-worker, Cosmo the Dog, who was on the show since season one as a puppy all the way up to uh, season five. And it's really sad. Cosmo was only four. That's very young for a dog. Also, real quick, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, if you like it, if you're new to the podcast and you're enjoying what I'm putting out, if you could hop on iTunes or download the Apple Podcast app and leave a rating or review for the holiday season. You can even use emojis. I just think that would be so cool. You can use emojis for the characters or for episodes that are your favorite episodes. I just think that would be so cool to see. And as you know, every review helps get the podcast more out there, more available to other people. Also, if you're new to the podcast and you'd like to follow along, you can go there. are many places you can go to follow along to find out about upcoming upcoming uh, series that I plan on doing. Currently, I am in the Tis the Season series for December, and then in January, I will be kicking off a new series entitled Jesse and Becky, A Love Story, and that is going to go through January, I believe, all the way through March. We're going to chronicle Jesse and Becky's meet cute all the way up to the final episode, which will be Fuller House Season 1, Episode 13, entitled Love is in the Air. You can go to Facebook, which I will add a link in the description for that. You can also go to Instagram at OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. On Twitter, it's OMHC Full House. And if you'd like to send an email to the podcast, I would love to hear from you. And I will add a uh, link to the email in the description. It's O-M-H-C-F-H-F-H podcast at gmail.com. All right, without further ado, let's get into uh, the episode Nutcrackers. Tis the season to be in love, but Stephanie doesn't want to hear it. Max gets a girlfriend for Christmas and Ramona suits up for the Nutcracker. This episode has a 7.7 out of 10 rating on IMDb based on 272 ratings. It was directed by... Dave Coulier directed this episode. Cool. We got writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, written by Kate Spurgeon, Dave Coulier, and Edie Fay. 
Here's some trivia. Dave Coulier provides the voice of voices of Cosmo the dog and Jack the rabbit. Jack the rabbit is Rose's bunny rabbit. This is the second time Stephanie has gotten confused and mixed up the names of Auckland and Oakland in the season six premiere of Full House. She and Michelle accidentally boarded a plane they thought was bound for Oakland, California, but it was actually going to Auckland, New Zealand. Well, there is a backstory behind that. If you go and listen to the Summertime Fun Episodes series, um, I do have a bit of a backstory that I uncovered for the trivia on that episode that kind of goes along with the episode. This is the first appearance of Max's girlfriend, Rose Harbinger, who is CJ's daughter. CJ is the woman that Steve was dating in season two. Popco's fourth appearance in the series. I believe we may get Popco again in the second half of season five, as well as maybe Lola's coming back. Maybe, don't quote me on it, though. <laughs> the original air date was December 9th, 2016. We do have one review by Power Mandan. He gives it an 8 out of 10. He or she gives it an 8 out of 10. Liz, uh, titles it actually quite good. This was done in June, on June 5th, 2019. When we meet CJ's daughter, Rose, she's played by adorable up-and-coming McKenna Grace. With her and Max, it is love at first sight. They even reenact the I'm flying scene from Titanic. I absolutely love these child romances. Yeah, they're kind of cute, kind of cute, yep. Ramona will be dancing as the Mouse King in the Nutcracker on Christmas Eve. It will mean missing Lola's party. She feels she will lose her best friend. Kimmy suggests to go to the party for an hour and then go to the show right before her entrance. Eh, that's not, not bad. Not a bad suggestion. If you really wanted to do two things, you could do two things. Usually on sitcoms when that happens, uh, hilarity ensues and uh, complications are involved, of course. Fernando gets lost and Kimmy takes her place. Now, this was not nearly as bad as when DJ intervened in the wrestling match in season one. Yes, I remember. But this was still cringe. Luckily, it does not damage the whole episode. Jimmy is offered a job in Oakland. He then tells Stephanie he loves her, which overwhelms her. She is unsure about whether she loves him or not. She certainly can't say it. DJ thinks her fear of commitment dates back to when their mom died. Well, well I'll, I'll get into that. If not for the cringy nutcracker bit, this would have been a perfect episode. Yeah, I mean, the Nutcracker bit with Kimmy on stage in, in the costume does drag on for quite a bit longer than it really needs to. Alright, let's begin the episode, uh, the next installment of the Tis the Season series. We get an exterior shot of the house, and it is decked out. I love how the windows are lined with, with uh, garland and lights and also wreaths that's just really festive of course in season two tommy's about maybe one and a half to two years old and max is probably what maybe nine jackson's probably 14 at this point and we have sweet cosmo wearing his antlers 
Jackson, Max, and Tommy are all wearing Santa hats. We have Jimmy, who's a photographer, who's getting ready to take the secret DJ's Christmas card. And, of course, Aunt Stephanie's there, too. And I gotta say, this is when we get Jimmy's shaggy look. This is how he came in on the show, how he was introduced. And I gotta say, I like the short hair better than the long hair. I really, really do. So I want to play this clip. I love this. So Jimmy says, I want to see... Okay, so this is officially called Operation Surprise Photo for DJ. And Jimmy tells him, I want to see Christmas Spirit, and I want to see Yuletide Cheer. And of course, Jackson's like, well, what's the difference between Christmas Spirit and Yuletide Cheer? And Jimmy just points at him like, I also want to see a silent night. And Jimmy is wearing my favorite color of a sweater. He's wearing a red sweater. Red snow, or with white snowflakes running across the chest. i play this cl clip. Okay, Operation Surprise photo for DJ is a go. I want to see Christmas spirit, and I want to see Yuletide cheer. What's the difference between Christmas spirit and Yuletide cheer? I also want to see a silent night. Can we hurry this up? It's 100 degrees in this suit. My chestnuts are rotting on an open fire. Oh. Come on, you guys, let's get this picture done before Kimmy comes home with DJ. dressed up as Santa and we have Tommy sitting on his lap, baby Tommy, and then we have Max kind of half sitting, half on, half off Fernando's lap. And Fernando's like, can we hurry this up? It's 100 degrees in this suit. My chestnuts are roasting on an open fire. And I'm like, oh! And Max just look at his face like, ugh. I didn't need to hear that and I don't need to know it. So, this is Operation... Christmas card for DJ and of secret uh, Christmas card for DJ and of course like let's get it done we don't want DJ to know you know we want to do it before Kimmy comes in with DJ from shopping of course man Kimmy right away is like oh no no DJ you can't come through the store and DJ's like what are you talking about she's like oh my god you're doing a Christmas photo and, of course, DJ gets right in there. She's like, don't worry, I got a Santa hat. I always keep a spare one in my purse in December. Which, good, good, good. It's always good to be prepared. And she's like, hey, uh, Jimmy, can you email me a pic? Because I want to send it to Matt in India. Because at this time, DJ and Matt are together. So there's a doorbell ring. And who is it? It's Steve with his girlfriend, CJ. And CJ's daughter, Rose, has a little bunny rabbit named Jack, and apparently he's having some little tum-tum issues. So, since DJ is a vet, it's like, what better way to get immediate service than bring little Jack the bunny over to DJ's place? So, of course, um, Rose is holding the bunny Jack, and I noticed that when um, DJ was coming over, she did have Cosmo by the collar kind of holding him like 
eh, I gotta be careful. She's holding the rabbit. The dog might want to smell the rabbit. And, you know, rabbits are really, really... They can get scared easily. They can jump, and we don't need a situation of the dog running after the rabbit. So that's sweet. Her name is Rose, and her bunny is Jack. Of course, we get many Titanic references in this movie. And, of course, she tells everyone that she named him Jack after her all-time favorite movie, Titanic. One of my favorite movies. I love that movie. It's kind of funny because um, I was listening to the Fuller House uh, podcast um, that is has episodes on YouTube, and they do a interview right around 2016 with Elias Harder, who plays Max, and he mentions that his favorite movie is Titanic, and they were able to like work in. A little mini plot here with uh, the movie Titanic and everything. As like, oh, Titanic is Max's favorite movie too. And Max is just, he is smitten. He is so in love. Love at first sight with Beautiful Rose. What a sweetie. These, this was only like three years ago, and these kids look so tiny compared to where they are now. <laughs> Okay, we've got an after-hour sick pet situation. This is my daughter, Rose, and this is her bunny rabbit, Jack, who's not feeling so good. I named after Jack from Titanic. It's my all-time favorite movie. <laughs> oh, Titanic is Max's favorite movie, too, isn't it, Max? Oh. Why can't I talk? I must be in heaven, because I'm looking at an angel. Oi, it's windy in heaven. <laughs> so what's wrong with your rabbit? He won't eat. You hear that, DJ? He won't eat. <laughs> I have no idea what that's like, but I mean... It sounds serious. Well, I am happy to watch him overnight. You don't mind having a little friend over, do you, Cosmo? Uh, Cosmo don't mind. <laughs> hey there, honey bunny. Look, am I still wearing these dumb antlers? What I put up with for a can of dog food. So we get a little bit of uh, voiceover here from, from Max and also surprisingly from Cosmo. <laughs> Oh my goodness. As I said, Max is like just smitten with her. He's like, oh my gosh. This must be what heaven is like because I'm looking at an angel. And then he's like, wow, it's windy in heaven. Because we see in Max's mind just Rose just there minus Jack and her hair is just flowing backwards. Like, oh, it's just a typical... You see it in movies and TV shows where the character sees someone and it's like love at first sight and you just see them. There's like a wind machine behind them just blowing their hair back. Like you don't see anything else but this person is your main focus in the world. Like everything in the world just melts away. And the per It's cute. I mean, they are like eight nine years old so the idea of a kid romance it, it's just it's adorable it's not meant to be anything more than that 
So DJ kind of gets things back on track here by asking what's wrong with the bunny jack. And, of course, um, Rose says that he won't eat. And that is a very serious issue. If your rabbit can't eat, guys, I've had two rabbits now. And I've had instances where they sometimes won't eat. Usually, it could be due to a blockage. I'm not a vet, but like I said, I've had two rabbits, so I've kind of experienced... There's a blockage. You know, you could take them to the vet. Um, another thing is they need to be constantly either having hay or something to push down that blockage. Rabbits like to groom themselves a lot, so that hair gets bunched up, and it's like, there's a blockage. Nothing's that's going in through the mouth is coming out in in uh, rabbit pellet form through its bottom. Um, so definitely that is something that probably could be a definite emergency thing. So you don't wait on that. You do not wait on that. Because the next thing is if it won't eat, then it's probably going to stop drinking water. And then that is definitely not good. I've seen it all with the bunnies, guys. Seriously. You got a bunny, you need questions answered. I pretty much think I can probably handle just about any, any questions. And of course, Steve is a foodie, so he's like, you hear that, DJ? He won't eat. As cute as this is, it's like, guys, this is a very serious matter. Come on now, we don't gotta make jokes about the fact that a rabbit won't eat. This is serious. And Steve's like, well, I have no idea what it's like, but it sounds serious. And I'm like, yes, Steve, it is very, very serious. So DJ volunteers as she takes Jack from Rose and says, oh watch him overnight. You don't mind having a little friend over, do you, Cosmo? And we get some romantic music playing as Cosmo sighs in Dave Coulier's voice. Mind you, Dave Coulier is also going to do the voice for Jack the Rabbit. He's like, Cosmo, don't mind. And we see Jack the Bunny with the wind machine just blowing his beautiful snow white fur. It's so cute! <laughs> I love how Cosmo goes, hey there, honey bunny. <laughs> and I love Cosmo and those antlers. They're so cute. And he's like, wait, am I still wearing these dumb antlers? And he's like, what I will put up with for a can of dog food. And DJ tells him, you know, when you come up tomorrow to pick up Jack, Max and Rose can have a little pay date. And I'm going to play this. Max's response is like, oh, Max, would you like to have a play date with Rose? And he's like, yes, I mean, yes, that would be, that would be good. I would like that. Oh, and when you come back tomorrow to pick up Jack, Max and Rose can have a play date. Would you guys like that? Max wants to. Yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, sure, I can move some things around. Yes, we all Thanks, Deed. We should head out. Uh, FedEx is delivering the rest of my nativity scene tonight. They forgot the baby Jesus. It's just not the same with my Urkel doll in the manger. Urkel. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, Max. Oh, boy. Looks like you got your first crush, and you're already a mess. How do you know? Well, not to brag or anything, but being awkward around girls is kind of my thing. <laughs> Well. So I love how Max, like, tries to play it off cool. Like, oh, you know, I can move some things around. He's, like, trying to be all chill about it. Like, I'm not overexcited. 
Of course, um, they leave because FedEx is delivering the rest of CJ's nativity scene. And they forgot the baby Jesus. Can you believe it? And, of course, Steve, like, to have something in the manger, he's like, well, it's just not the same without, with my Urkel down there. Like, yeah, Urkel's not a baby Jesus. So they leave, and, of course, Jackson, trying to be the big brother, like, oh, to be awkward around girls, I know all about that, little brother. If you got any questions, you can come to me. Max just looks at him like, huh, yeah, you are uh, the definition of awkward. You look awkward up in the dictionary, or, or yeah, your face is going to be there, Jackson. <laughs> So this is kind of setting up one storyline, which is going to be Max and Rose. We haven't gotten to plot A, which is going to be Ramona in the Nutcracker play because she is a dancer and she got a role in a play. And of course, plot C is going to be Jimmy and Stephanie. I love the little pet names that Jimmy has for Stephanie. Like he says. Well, I'll see you tomorrow, Stefferoni, my San Francisco treat. Remember the rice aroni They were like, San Francisco treat. So this is where the confusion comes in when Jimmy tells Stephanie that he's got a job in Auckland. And of course, she's like, wow, I mean, right now we're in such a good place and everything like that with our relationships. Just the idea of you being like a world away from me. And Jimmy's like, oh, well, I mean, I'm going to miss you too, but it's only a 30-minute drive. And this is where the confusion sets in. Forget we have plans Christmas Eve to go watch Ramona dance at the Nutcracker. Oh, there's something important I've been meaning to tell you. Um, thinking all day about the right way to say it, and I believe it's with words. <laughs> and the words are, I've been offered a job in Auckland. Whoa. Auckland? Are you going to take it? Maybe. I'm not sure. Wow. I, I mean, I don't want to stand in the way of your career, but we're in such a good place. You know, I can't imagine you being half a world away. I'm going to miss you so much. Hey, hey, I'm going to miss you too, but it's only a 30-minute drive. <laughs> oh, wait, do you mean Oakland, California or Auckland, New Zealand? Auckland, California. Okay, hold on. Say oak. Oak. Now say land. Land. Now say Oakland. Auckland. I need to go lie down. Hey, hold on. Oh, are you upset because you thought I was going to leave you? Steph, that'll never happen. I love you. You're awesome. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? You're awesome. No, before that. Steph, that'll never happen. After that. You're awesome. Okay, I really need to go lie down. <laughs> okay. I love you. So Jimmy and Stephanie kind of get into a back and forth as she's like, okay, are you talking about... Auckland, New Zealand, or are you talking about Oakland? Because oh, it'll just be a 30-minute drive away. And he's like, she's like, say Oak. He's like, Oak. Okay, now say land. Land. Say Oakland. And he's like, Auckland. I was like, ay, 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 ay. 
Oh my goodness. The back and forth. It's cute. It's adorable. Because Yumi's so adorable. This goofiness makes him totally cute. But he kind of looks, he, he looks here and says, Oh, Steph, did you think I was leaving you? I mean, I'm not going to leave you. He's like, I love you. You're awesome. And he's like, All right, well, I'm going to head downstairs. <laughs> or I'm going to I'm gonna head out. And she looks like, wait, 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 wait. Did you, what did you just say just a minute ago? He's like, you're awesome. And she's like, no, before that. He's like, Steffi, I have nothing to worry about. And she's like, after that. He's like, you're awesome. Okay. He's like, all right, bye. I love you. And she's like, what? <laughs> and I gotta admit, guys, definitely saying I love you in a relationship is not something to be taken lightly. There is a lot of feeling and a lot of emotion behind those words. In fact, Jeremy was the first to say that to me before I... It was a little bit before I said that to him because, you know, that is such a powerful word and you don't just want to throw it out there willy-nilly, you know? So that's kind of Stephanie's dilemma with the whole Jimmy saying, I love you. I mean, they haven't been together very long. And it's just, maybe for her it's a little too soon. Because she doesn't, of course, she doesn't say it back. So we hop up to Ramona's room and she is getting her room off nice and fixed up. Lola comes over and mentions about how she's having a Christmas Eve party. So, Ramona was planning to go to Lola's Christmas Eve party, and she told Lola, can you come over? There's something important I have to tell you that I can't tell you in a text. Oh, I love Lola's responses. Like, that's what emojis are for, when you can't tell me the whole story. Just tell me in emojis. Okay, so Christmas Eve is the next day. Right now, it's the 23rd. She reminds Lola, like, you know how I'm playing the Mouse King in the Nutcracker? Well, they extended the performance, and I'm actually performing tomorrow night, which is sad for Lola, because, you know, they're besties and everything like that. I really wanted my best friend at my party. And Ramona's like, I'm, I'm really sorry. See, this is the part where you tell me you understand, and we're still best friends. So Lola does the mature thing, and she stands up from the chair and just says, you know, I understand. You know, just Merry Christmas. I just wish you could come. And, you know, it's safe for Ramona, too. I mean, she does have a commitment to the dance, the Nutcracker and everything like that. And she still wants to be there for her friend. Which, you know, it's hard. You know, when Ramona first came to live with the Fullers and stuff with Kimmy... You know, she had to go to a whole new school, make new friends, and one of those friends was Lola. And to have to disappoint your friend, it's just, that's, that's hard. Of course, Lola opens the door to leave, and who's out in the hall but Jackson wearing a hat with a mistletoe? And I'd be like, no, Jackson, not right now. Oh, he's wearing an elf hat that at the end of it, it's got mistletoe. And he's actually closing his eyes and puckering his lips as she just is like rolling her eyes like not a good time. So DJ comes up with some laundry and she's like oh hi Lola and Lola's like hi Dr. Fuller. Jackson comes out into the hall 
<laughs> with the mistletoe and DJ of course kisses him on the cheek and he's like that's not the kiss I wanted so we head downstairs and Jimmy is making a gingerbread house has anyone ever made a gingerbread house I've never done it I don't know if I could handle all the stuff that you know with the icing and making sure the sides of you know the house all fit together and the roof and everything that just Sounds like a headache and a chore that I could probably live without. I mean, if someone else wanted to make a gingerbread house and ship it to me, I would gladly eat it. But I don't want to put one together. <laughs> you know what I, was, I just thought? What if somebody tried to make a gingerbread house of the Tanner house? That would be so cool. So, Jimmy says, I want to apologize for last night. And Steph's like, it's alright. It's not a big deal. Like, turns out you were right. It is pronounced Oakland. So, he says, I want to make it up to you by building a gingerbread house and a gingerbread Jimmy and Steffo. <laughs> I love his little nicknames for her. So, Steph's being a smidge, like, kind of, not so much cold, but kind of off-putting. And Jimmy picks up on that. It's like, you're acting weird. Is this because I told you I love you yesterday? Of course, Stephanie pretends like, oh, what, you said that? I didn't, I didn't even hear that. Really? And Jimmy's like, well, then I'll say it again. I love you. And he says it with no reservation or anything. And it's just, because it's Jimmy, it's just, it's sweet and adorable. So this is a little bit where the pressure comes. And she's like, oh, I heard it that time. And then Jimmy adds, you know, sometimes when people say, I love you, the other person says, I, like, basically, I love you back. And it's like, the, you, mm, the pre don't don't pressure someone if you tell you know come on now like i said saying i love you is not some words that you just toss out into the air it has weight behind it especially when it's in a relationship especially when it's a new relationship mind you this is still this is like season two episode 12 we're almost at the very end of season two because they started in, what was it, September, and now it's December. So they've only been together for, like, maybe three, four months tops. That is too, in my mind, that is too early to be throwing out the love card. So Stephanie just says, eh, thank you, and I bid you farewell. As she walks away, she bites the head off of Jimmy's gingerbread man. And he turns like, you didn't have to bite my head off. ha, ha, ha. Now we jump up to Jackson and Max's room while Max and Rose are having their play date. He's got all of his dinosaurs spread out across his bedspread. And he's now listening to them. It's like, on to my favorite herbivore. Sauropod includes the Bronchiosaurus Potosaurus. And he's trying to come up with the name of one of them. He keeps saying dip, dip, dip. And she says Lodicus. So she's up on her dinosaur lingo as well. Wow, these two fit like a glove. They fit like two puzzle pieces. And Max just turns to her and he's like, Wow, you're incredible. It's like he's met his dream girl. I want to play this clip because Mac, Max is so suave and debonair. He is such a sweetheart. And he knows how to woo his lady. His little lady friend. Rose, I could play it cool, but... Life is short, and so are we. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, you're my dream girl. <laughs> oh, Max, give me your hand. Now close your eyes. Take a step up. 
Now open your eyes. I'm flying, Max. <laughs> I'm flying. It's like we're on the Titanic. I can almost smell the ocean. <laughs> oh, no, that's my fish tank. <laughs> I have something for you. Turn around. I hope you like it. Can you please pull up your hair? Aww. Max, you shouldn't have. Oh, yes, I should have. <laughs> Just like Rose's necklace in the movie. Only made in China. <laughs> May I help you down, my darling? Why, thank you. I love how the audience is just when they realize what Max is doing with the um, Titanic scene. One of the one of the famous Titanic scenes is aside from "I'm the King of the World." Aside from that one, and the audience loves it. They're like, "Oh!" And I'm like, "Oh!" And it's just so cute. This boy is just—he's got such charisma and sweetness in him. And he gives her a necklace. And he's like, oh, Rose, I don't want this play date to end. Will you do me the honor of accompanying me to the ballet this evening? And she's like, I shall. And he helps her down off of his little footlocker at the end of his bed and takes her hand. She puts her arm through his. It's like, my lady. And they walk out of his room and he looks at her like, See why Jackson finds this so hard. <laughs> it's so cute. And this just kind of makes me think of um, right before Jeremy and I started dating, which I feel kind of kicked things off was um, Jeremy was putting at, the, we worked at the video store and he was putting out the new releases. And this was a big step for me. Because I put my arm through the crook of his arm and just walked along with him as he was putting up the new release movies for the next day. And I'm just like, and I was so nervous. It's like, this is a big step. It kind of solidified, you know, this, this is the start of us. I mean, we hadn't shared our first kiss yet, but it was the next best thing. Like, this is it. This means that we that two of us are now together. So we hop downstairs and Steve and CJ are macking full on on the couch. So DJ comes in with the bunny Jack in the rabbit carrier and she tells CJ and Steve that Jack just had a little bit of mild indigestion. It's nothing too, too serious, but they took care of it and he's on the road to recovery. So Max and Rose come downstairs, and Max is all with the flourish, like, we have an announcement. We're in love. And it's like, oh! And DJ is just taken aback, like, wow, that was some play date. So Steve gets up because he recognizes the necklace that Rose is wearing. And he's like, DJ, is that the heart necklace I gave to you back in 10th grade? 
Rose like looks at it like, oh, maybe it is. But DJ goes in for a closer look and she's, I don't know. Max, where did you get this? And of course, Max is like, from a shoebox under my mom's bed labeled DJ and Steve Forever. Like, oh boy. Oh boy. This isn't good. And DJ, of course, is like, oh no, that is not a thing that I have. And Max is like, oh, it's right here in the uh, side table by the couch. I forgot to put it away. I want to play this clip. This is, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh boy. We have an announcement. We're in love. Wow, that was some play date. Dej, is that the heart necklace I gave you in 10th grade? I don't know, is it? Max, where'd you get that? From a shoebox under my mom's bed, labeled DJ and Steve forever. That is not a thing that I have. It's right there. I forgot to put it away. What? Oh. DJ and Steve have a box. I just use this for my tax receipts. So it's actually DJ and Steve gold for my accountant forever box. Well, if you'd excuse us, I'm going to go treat my true love to a string cheese and an apple juice box. Oh my goodness. Apple juice is my favorite kind of juice. Except for cran apple. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> out the shoebox and it's really decorated with like doilies around the cover of the shoebox and then it's like got like a uh, pink and a heart around the picture of DJ and Steve when they were in full house when they were probably at his prom so DJ tries to play it off as oh actually I just keep my tax receipts in here it should say DJ and Steve Goldfarb, my accountant forever box. <laughs> so, of course, Max is like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> uh, as he takes Rose and says, I'm going to treat my true love to a string cheese and apple juice box. And she's like, oh, wow, apple juice is my favorite kind of juice. Except for, and they both say at the same time, cran apple. And Max is like, wow, where have you been all my life? And she's like, at my mom's house. So they excuse themselves into the kitchen. This is just so cute and adorable. It's like Max has found his other half. I kind of wonder if uh, McKenna Grace, who plays Rose, is going to make an appearance in the final half of season nine. We'll see. I mean, season five. See, say season nine? I wish. <laughs> so, Steve's surprised that DJ's held on to that necklace for so long. And he says, you know, I won that for you at the arcade on our fourth date. And he surprised her with it on the Ferris wheel, as DJ recalls. They're having, they're going down the Steve and DJ memory lane. I just feel bad for CJ having to sit through this. I mean, I love me some Steve and DJ memories that we never saw in Full House, but this has got to be painful for poor CJ. Like, just at her boyfriend's ex-girlfriend's house, having to listen to them recall the good times of their relationship. I can think of two Ferris wheel moments... Not in my personal life, but TV and film. Of course, 
the one between Noah and Allie in the notebook where he gets her to agree to go on a date with him. And of course, the OC Marissa and Ryan's first kiss on the Ferris wheel because Ryan had a fear of heights. So, Kimmy and Fernando head upstairs to Ramona's room. They're so excited to see that she's going to play the Mouse King in The Nutcracker. And, uh, they see that Lola's a l- Lola, excuse me. They see that Ramona's a little upset. And she's like, I just wish I didn't have to do this tonight. And Kimmy's like, yeah, but you were so excited. What's going on? Ramona tells them, well, Lola's a little mad at me because I have to miss her party. And Ramona's just the only thing. She's like, I feel like I'm about to lose my best friend. And of course, Ramona utters the words that usually a person in a conflict that has to be two places at once. I just wish I could be at two places at once. Well, you know what? Sometimes you can do both. That's what Jeremy and I do from time to time when it comes to Christmas. We'll stay, hang out at his mom's house for a little bit, and then we'll go over to my family's place. You can do both. You can make time to do both. As long as they're within respectable driving distances. Kimmy is the one that comes up with this brilliant plan. I gotta say, by the way, I am loving Kimmy's Christmas sweater. It's a Santa Claus riding a reindeer in space. It's absolutely adorable. And I would 100% wear that sweater. So Kimmy hatches an idea and says, you don't go on to the end of Act 1. Why don't you let your papa drive you to Lola's party for an hour? And then he'll get you back to the theater before your entrance. Like, ah, that sounds like that's a win-win in my book. So now we head to the ballet and we're in the audience where Jackson is like, oh, why do I have to see a ballet? And I agree with DJs, like, because Ramon is part of the family, and in this family, we support each other and each other's activities. And Jackson's like, yeah, but I don't have any activities. And DJ's like, I don't know. That's, and we're very supportive of that. (laughs) Come on, Jackson, stop complaining and be a team player for once. I mean, are you a part of this family or aren't you? Wow, apparently they sell giant movie theater sized buckets of popcorn so we move over to Steph and Jimmy and he's like look we really need to talk and she's like yeah babe I get it but right now I gotta go over and talk to my sister yeah and she's like Stephanie's trying to get past Kimmy and Rose and Max and Jackson a lot of people she's gotta hop over Apparently everyone is, like, moving over a seat, so Kimmy's next to Jimmy and so on and so forth. So Stephanie sits down next to DJ It's like, oh, I need to talk to you, but pretend that we're having a conversation. I love DJ, like, miming and then throwing her head back and, like, mock, you know, silently laughing, like, ah. <laughs> Jackson, of course, is now reading the little pamphlet that you get when you go to... What is it? It's, it's like a playbill or something, right? Uh, when you go to a play or the ballet or so, uh, the program, the program. And he's like, oh, apparently this is about a girl who, it's about a girl who dreams a nutcracker kills a rat. And apparently it's going to take three hours. Oh my goodness gracious. Give me my Titanic. Give me the Green Mile. Give me... What other movies that I've seen that are over three hours and don't feel like it? 
And the Green Mile really does not feel like it's three hours, even though it is. Titanic, it does, once the ship, you know, starts to slowly submerge farther down into the water, it does take a bit. But then again, I mean, it took a little bit for it to finally go all the way down, so... I don't know. I'd be getting antsy towards, like, hour two if I had to sit through an... Um, I don't know. I just have not been to a play in a very long time. But three hours is really pushing it. So, Jack's like, Ugh, wake me up when it's over, Max. And he puts his head on Max's shoulder. Like, I'm sure Max is like, please don't include me in your delusions. Oh, apparently Jimmy wants to get over to Stephanie and has everyone scooch their little heinies down the aisle. Like, down the rows. Like, down, down, down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jimmy just plops down in that seat and takes, like, half the that uh, container of popcorn with him. Like, a lot of... <laughs> it's like, yeah, that thing is now half full. <laughs> I love how Jackson just, like, dips his finger. Like, oh, I'll take a kernel here. Mmm, it's yummy. Do you know what I love about movie theater popcorn? It's the fact that you can put different seasonings on it. That is the coolest thing. I always do caramel. And for a little bit, I was doing white cheddar. And then I kind of do like half and half. Like on one side is caramel and the other side is the white cheddar powder. It's like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's messy, though, because that stuff gets on your hands. And no amount of napkins, unless you have wet wipes, which I definitely would advise. Uh, Kleenex is not my sponsor, by the way. But um, I get the little wipes and I use them for just about anything but going to the movie theater great great place that way you're getting the butter off your hands and all that stuff you're not getting it on your clothes and that way if you do use the popcorn seasoning when you because that stuff is really messy you're not getting it all over because that stuff is really sticky requires a thorough hand washing so <laughs> jimmy's like oh i missed you sweetie pie and technically, yeah, Pat and Michelle are like, oh, yeah, I missed you too, babe. I gotta get back to my assigned seat. And it's like, she is doing anything and everything to avoid being around Jimmy because he dropped the L word. So Stephanie sits down next to Kimmy. He's like, Kimmy, pretend to talk to me. And Kimmy is all doing, like, hand gestures and stuff like that. And she's wearing what could be, uh, is it a poinsettia? Um flower it's a big flower like right above her uh chest just below her shoulder <laughs> it just i love these animated and uh conversations that both dj and kimmy are having with making no sound whatsoever basically non-verbal <laughs> and i love how stephanie's like you know this is how you should always speak to me <laughs> so we cut to max and rose and rose was like oh max the only way this could be even more romantic is if we were f freezing to death in the North Atlantic Ocean. Max is just like, yes, clinging to a floating door. And I love Rose's answer here because this is the question that... That movie's been out for 22 years now. And she says, well, I could scoot over so you could climb on. But for some reason, I don't. That has been plaguing people for years. 
That and what was the other one? Possibly um, when Jack and Rose are having their uh, intimate time together in that backseat of that car. The hand that goes up. Is it Jack's? Is it Rose's? Who knows? It might be Rose's. It might be Jack's. I don't know. I wondered that myself. But I really started to ponder when... Uh, when I uh, read, like, an article, like, oh, things that people ponder about the Titanic. Like, who's that hand? Why didn't Rose, like, scoot over so Jack could get out? They tried it, guys. They did try. And it just, the it, their weight combined would not keep that thing afloat. Granted, maybe they could have tried a couple other ways. Like, because um, they both tried to get on one way. And then he, she's at the top, he's at the bottom of the door. They could try lengthwise. I don't know. I bet anything on that show Mythbusters, that probably was proven. I bet anything. Because that is like the biggest myth out there. The biggest thing about Titanic. The, the movie that people ask themselves. Why didn't she move over? And you guys know she tried. It didn't work out. Didn't work out. I love the audience, especially this one lady just laughing, like, <laughs> like a chuckle, just finding that funny. It's like, yeah, because it is kind of funny. Now, at this point, Kimmy still has her uh, Gibbler-style business, and she pulls out her cell phone saying it's her psychic, and how her psychic would predict that she would get this call. And I like, on the back of her cell phone, she's got, like, what are the, it's like a cell phone skin or something, like a little um, sticker thing. That she's got her face with Gibbler style on it. That's pretty cool. That's free advertising, too. I'd be like if I made um, a t-shirt with the names of my podcasts on there and just walked around wearing it. Free advertising, right? But it's not the psychic. It is Ramona. And she is telling Kimmy that she's going to be like, oh my gosh, you can see Kimmy's hands. The One of the rings she has on is a snowman ring. What's that one on her other? The other one looks like a itty-bitty birdhouse on a stick uh, on a little circle that's supposed to represent snow. That's on her other hand. Uh, apparently, uh, Fernando got lost, and they've been driving in circles. ay 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 And Fernando dips into the frame next to Ramona's head and says, I'm a race car driver. That's what I do. Come on, GPS did exist in 2016. That was like three years ago. Come on, guys. Honestly, more cars are now equipped with it. Jeremy, actually, when we were looking at cars, and I noticed, like, the new version of the Honda Fit, because mine's a 2013, um, the 2019 Honda Fit does have a screen in it. And I'm like, wow. I think, I don't know if I would go for a, f may a Fit again, maybe. I mean, this car is still... It's only six years old, so it's still got a ways to go. It's only, like, just over 50000 So, I mean, I don't go very far, so. We did take it on a trip to D.C., though. That was pretty sweet. So, Kimmy says, don't worry, Ramona. I can take care of this. You just get here when you get here, all right? And Kimmy, of course, has to, like, hop over, like, six, seven people. Because you're oh, Sorry, this is the last time. I gotta go to the bathroom. Bye. I love Jackson. He's like, take me with you. It's like he does not want to sit there for three hours and watch a ballet. I'm gonna play this other cute scene between Max and Rose. As he does the fake yawn, it's the typical, you, you want to put your arm around your date, but you're nervous, so you do the fake yawn. 
the arm goes around the shoulder. And she looks at him like, oh, Max, you don't have to fake yawn. I like your arm around me. It's so easy for eight-year-olds, right? <laughs> and he just looks at Jackson like, I, see, this is so easy. I don't get what your problem is. So the Rat King comes out, and Stephanie's like, oh, look, there's Ramona. No, it turns out it's Kimmy, as Jackson's like, yeah, that lady makes Ramona look just like Kimmy. Like, it's because it is Kimmy. That was her plan. She's going to take over as the Mouse King, Rat King, whatever. It's the Mouse King, right? Not the Rat King? I can't remember. I've, I've never seen... The only Nutcracker I even glimpsed of would have been a trailer for the 1994-95 Nutcracker movie with Macaulay Culkin. I only saw the preview. It was probably on the trailer for Free Willy 2 or Richie Rich or both of them. Okay, so it's from 93 the Nutcracker is. Okay. Christmas Eve, a girl named Marie falls asleep after a party at her home and dreams herself, or does she, into a large, into a fantastic world where toys become larger than life, her beloved nutcracker, Culkin, comes to life and defends her from the Mouse King. Okay, it is the Mouse King, not the Rat King. Where am I getting the Rat King from? Wow, that... Uh... Wait, the Rat King from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that guy that was, like, Playing, like, that little, uh, windpipe thing, like the, uh, or pan flute or whatever, like, um, the Pied Piper, and called all the rats to do his bidding, and because Splinter is a rat, he also falls under that spell. So the Nutcracker comes to life, defends her from the Mouse King, then is turned into a prince after Marie saves his life. And it's got a 5.8 out of 10. Well, not surprising. <laughs> Listen to some of these names. The Sugar Plum Fairy. Sugar Plum Fairy's Cavalier? Dewdrop Coffee, really? Marzipan. These are candies! Marzipan, that's like a candy, isn't it? Tea, candy cane, hot chocolate, Mother Ginger, Fritz, I like that name, that's a cute name. Who's that? that kid looks like I might have seen him in something. And I haven't, so, alright. And Kevin Klein is the narrator. Marzipan, a sweet yellowish paste of ground almond sugar and egg whites, often colored and used to make small cakes or confections, or as an icing for larger cakes, also called almond paste. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Ba, 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 ba. Okay. To the episode. We don't care about Mars Pan anymore. I love this Mouse King costume. It looks so comfortable and warm. Like something you would definitely want to put on in the wintertime. It almost like like those onesies, right? That you zip yourself into. And DJ's is like, it is Kimmy. And Max is like, of course it is. I mean, it's Kimmy Gibbler, so we can expect the unexpected with her. So, Kimmy's going after the Nutcracker, doing some karate chops to his chest. Like, almost like she's, like, going, like, uh, with her two hands, like she's, uh, kneading bread or something. 
Do you do that with the knife hands when you're doing? I don't think. I don't think so. Oh, Kimmy, come on! You did not have to hit him in the groin. Come on now. I did that once in sixth grade, and the kid went down like a bag of wheat or bag of flour. Boof down. That was not intentional. When she was doing like a high kick thing or a side kick or whatever you want to refer to it as. Her foot did not mean to hit him in his uh, manly parts, but it did, and he goes down. Like, oh, I can't even imagine how that would feel. It probably hurts. But that has been one of the biggest tropes or gags, especially in 90s kids' movies, always with the grind hit. You know, Blake, Check, Home Alone, Probably, oh, Harry and the Hendersons was another one when he got kicked in the grind. Oh, that poor, poor Bigfoot. I could go on and on and on for days. I bet there's even a list of groin hits in kids' movies in the 90s. Oh, Three Ninjas. There's another one. Always oh, someone say, oh, that's gotta hurt. See, I remember that from the Three Ninjas trailer. Jackson's really getting into it now since that guy got kicked in the groin accidentally. Oh wow, I'm really getting into it now. Like, I bet you are. Fernando finally slips into the seat and he's like, oh, what did I miss? So Stephanie fills him in saying, well, Kimmy's taken over as the Mouse King and she just nut cracked the nutcracker. I love that line. Whoever wrote that line, pure goodness, pure gold. Love it, love it, love it. They, The writers on the show are amazing. Oh, some of the lines I get are just, Wow. And the delivery is just, wow. And of course, Fernando utters the same line as Max did. Oh, of course she did. So now that the Nutcracker's gone down, <laughs> uh, Kimmy is kind of looking around like, oh, what do I do now? Uh, shoot. Because, you know, in the play, she's the one that's supposed to die. Not the Nutcracker. The Nutcracker's not dead. He's just nursing his uh, nether regions. Oh, she's doing the Gibbler Gilbert! <laughs> And everybody's getting into it. This is so awesome. When all else fails and you don't know what to do, break into the Gibbler Gallop. That guy's like passed out backstage. Oh my goodness. Somehow we cut to the audience and Jimmy's just so getting into it. Because he's a Gibbler, of course he's getting into it. CeCe's like uh, banging his hand against the popcorn bucket. Popcorn spilling out and DJ's just looking at him like, uh, okay. <laughs> he is a gibbler after all. Alright, so Ramona's got her costume. Like, I'm ready, but I can't find my crown. And, of course, her her ballet director, boss, whatever you want to call the guy, is like, oh, well, that lady, crazy lady has it. And Ramona looks like, that crazy lady's my mom. And the ballet director's like, of course she is. And Ramona's like, mom, what are you doing? And Kimmy's like, the gibbler gallop. But now it's hammer time. She's doing MC Hammer. She's doing all the moves. She's going to do the moonwalk next. <laughs> so it turns out Ramona's going to be a nutcracker because uh, the other one is nursing his other regions backstage. Actually, he's passed out. She hit him hard. I didn't know that you could pass out from it. Yeah, rewinding when they were backstage with the guy, like he was unconscious. And I swear, I thought someone like jabbed an EpiPen into his chest, but they didn't. She's doing Michael Jackson's Thriller. <laughs> oh, and, and DJ's like, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, of course she's got to do the Michael Jackson. 
world's famous crotch grab. Oh, God. Kimmy! <laughs> now she's doing the pushing the shopping cart. That's a move? Okay, I'll go with it. I don't go to dances. I don't go to clubs. You guys can obviously tell that I just sit in front of a computer and watch shows and um, rehash them, review them, cover them for you. That's what I do. That's my life now. I mean, I have a job, but this is my life. And I leave a little bit of time for reading books. I want to play this little clip as she's doing the grocery cart. It's so funny. <laughs> and we're shopping. Macaroni. Get the beans. Check the date. It's expired. Put it back. It's still shopping. Let's conga. She's like moving into every single dance she can think of from the shopping cart to the conga. Okay, so Ramona's ditched the mouse for a costume and she is full nutcracker mode and of course her director says go out there and you kill your mother you kill your mother <laughs> apparently we got one person instead of a group of people now uh looks like the guy has come to he's just got a massive headache the guy who was kept in the nether regions a drawing of like andy slash uh raggedy ann slash raggedy andy so, <laughs> Ramona's out on stage. She's got the disorder pointed at Kimmy. like, Mom, I'm here to kill you. And, of course, Kimmy's like, but everyone loves me. And she smiles to the audience. And Ramona's like, Mom, the Mouse King always dies. She's like, not tonight, sucker. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a Rat King. It's going to be a Mouse King slash um, Nutcracker duel. So, Ramona knocks a sword out of Kimmy's hand and she's like, Kimmy's like clutching her shoulder like oh, it hurts it hurts and she looks at Ramona so betrayed like I gave you life and she adds you gave me death so of course this death can't be Kimmy's got to go out in style when she's dying as the mouse king and she's wheezing like <sighs> Ramona's like mm, just die already and of course Kimmy's like I can't Ooh, I'm trying. It's gotta be dramatic. It's Kimmy. It's gotta be flourishly dramatic. Kimmy falls to the floor and dies. Takes her last, last breath. Not Kimmy so much as the Mouse King. The audience cheers. Of course, Kimmy, like, gets up and it's like, Wait, wait, I'm not dead yet. And you see the director off stage like, Ugh. And Ramona's like, Mom, I've got to wrap this up. People are leaving. This is, like, over. And Ramona stabs her mother again. And she is giving a speech I'm not sure from what. She's like, hand out to the audience. Remember me as how I was. Remember me how I was. The most beautiful mouse in the world. Ramona just takes her foot, puts it to Kimmy's side, and just bowls her. Just Kimmy, like, Falls sideways. Ramona comes over, puts a foot on her mother's stomach, takes her sword, points it at the audience. All right, and that was a nutcracker. Now we're back at home, and Stephanie is wrapping gifts in the kitchen. So DJ says, Oh, I noticed that Jimmy's RV is gone, and Stephanie's like, Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. So DJ sits down like, hey, mind if I sit down here with you and rap? And not by wrapping paper, but by rap as in rapping. Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. <laughs> she does the beatboxing thing. 
Why does it seem like beatboxing is just uh, disguised as a non-offensive way of spitting at people or spitting in general? Like, I can spit and it's not offensive because I'm beatboxing because I got a hand over my mouth. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm not going to attempt it. So Stephanie's like, okay, 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 I'll talk. Fine. Jeez. Just don't do, ever do that again. So Stephanie says Jimmy's kind of acting like a jerk. First he said Auckland when he meant Oakland. Like, oh, give me a break. And then he made gingerbread cookies of the two of us. It's like, how is that he's being a jerk? Even him telling you that he loves you is not him being a jerk. And the kicker is when he told me he loved me, he expected me to say it back. Well, I mean, honestly... Some, I mean, when you tell someone you love, like, a significant other and you're saying it for the first time, do you expect them to say it right back to you? I mean, you're kind of throwing yourself out there by dropping the big L word. And, um, you know, it could go one of two ways. They could either not say it back or they could say it to you and have no real feeling or love behind the word. It could go also three ways. They could also be uh, cry or uh, wind up in shock or it just like I said, guys. It's just don't throw that word around without emotion and feeling and love behind it because that is a big, big thing that that's something that you can't take back. Once it's out, it's out. Just like telling someone that you hate them, you can't take those words back. So DJ's like, okay, I see where the real problem lies here. And thanks to that, Stephanie gets up from the table like, okay, I'm done talking to you. Audience goes wild for DJ's rapping. So Stephanie tells DJ when Jimmy told me he loved me, I didn't say it back. And DJ's like, okay, I hate that I have to say this, but I think, Stephanie, I think you have a fear of commitment. So, for starters, DJ asked Stephanie, how long was your last relationship, or what was your longest relationship? And Stephanie's like, five and a half years. And DJ just looks at her like, come on, really? And Stephanie's like, well, I mean, if you add up all 12 of them, I'm like, well, it's not terrible. Honestly, at that point, maybe Stephanie wasn't looking for the one. You know, when we met her in season one as a mid 30 year old she was a DJ and she was traveling and stuff so I don't think that she was ready to settle down with you know and have a serious relationship but now with Jimmy things have kind of changed Granted, they've only been together for like three or four months but DJ pretty much diagnoses Stephanie's issue is you have a fear of commitment Whenever you get close, you have a pattern. Whenever you get close to someone, you run away from it. And DJ kind of brings it back to when their mother passed away and how Stephanie dealt with that. I'm going to play this clip where DJ tells Stephanie the reason that you have a fear of commitment and why you run when things get serious is because when things get hard, you hide. When you can't face something like the death of our mother, you shut yourself off from the world. Which sometimes that's just how people grieve and that's how people deal with things. 
Do you remember how we felt when Mom died? No. I mean, I was only four. Well, I remember. And I didn't leave Dad's side for months, but you... You disappeared in your room, and you hardly talked to anyone. Except for Mr. Bear. <laughs> he was always a good listener. I think when we lost Mom, you kind of built a wall around your heart so you wouldn't have to hurt like that again. Not that I blame you. Wow. Yeah. You're right. I'm pushing Jimmy away because I'm afraid of getting hurt. And if you don't let people in, then you're gonna miss out on so much love. Yeah. I've really screwed things up with Jimmy. Well then, go call him. He doesn't want to talk to me. He already left. Well, don't let this one get away. You two are great together. Thanks, Deej. You're a pretty good therapist, but you're a terrible rapper. So I'm just thinking back to Full House, and there were instances when Stephanie deals with certain things. She almost goes, she goes around of punishing herself and hiding in her room and running away. Uh, clear examples, when she ended up cutting a chunk of Jesse's hair in the season two premiere. And cutting it close. There was also the Goodbye Mr. Bear episode where she lost Mr. Bear and she just lost that that drive to keep moving forward and everything like that. It's almost like she was kind of stuck in, in, in neutral. And um, how about when she backed Joey's car into the kitchen? She fled. She knew that this is big time. You... This isn't a dream. You can't just apologize your way out of this. And she fled. The Aftershocks episode is another one where she deals the idea that, you know, an um, earthquake happened. And the idea, she didn't know where her dad was. Guys, this was in, like, 1989. We didn't have cell phones yet. There was really no way to contact someone if a natural disaster happened. It's like once you, you know, Danny left work, most he could do is say, hey, Steph, I'm on my way. If I get caught up in traffic, if I'm a little late, then that more than likely is going to be the reason. But she just, the idea of, she had just lost her mother, like, a season or two prior. And the idea that she could lose her father, I mean, that's what Stephanie does. She kind of... She hides when, when things get, uh, serious situations come up, or she runs. Which, guys, I'm gonna be honest, I really, I relate to Stephanie big time, because that is usually how I deal when it comes to, um, not always letting people in and kind of keeping people at a distance, just because, like, Stephanie, I don't want to get hurt again. And caring about someone and the fact that you could lose them. It's just, and I understand where DJ's coming from. It's like, yeah, but if you don't let people in, you don't know what you're missing. And I've had instances when I was, you know, a preteen or a child where I messed up. I did so I knew I was going to get in trouble and I almost ran away. I didn't. I was actually writing my goodbye note 
And then I realized this is ridiculous. <laughs> Just, you know, face the music and deal with it. Of course, now, Stephanie's like, oh, well, thank you, DJ, for telling me, you know, that Steve's a... Steve. That Jimmy's a great guy and that we're meant to be and that we should, you know, work through this. And DJ tells her, you need to call Jimmy and tell him that, how much you care about him. And Stephanie turns around like, hey, well, DJ, since we're diagnosing my issues, let's diagnose your issues with relationships. And of course, DJ's like, oh, wow, look at the time. Sorry, no time, bye. This is a gorgeous, I love this shot of, I think it's the sunrise. Oh, and we see the bay. It's so gorgeous looking in this early pre-dawn light. They did good with their stop footage of around San Francisco and such because it is gorgeous. I love this. This is Christmas morning. This is so great. Um, DJ's got her and the boys all wearing matching red, white, and black plaid pajama bottoms with white long sleeve tops with um bears with like a Christmas scarf around their necks. And Max is wearing his Santa hat. And I love Kimmy and Fernando and Ramona's, like, candy cane patterned pajamas. It's kind of a, a, a pink and white stripe. It's really cute. I love how when the doorbell rings, everyone chimes in with, It's always open! And who is it? It's Lola! Aww. She's got two gifts there. It's one for Ramona and then one for Jackson, maybe? So Lola gives a gift to Ramona. It's like, are you, did you really stab your mother? <laughs> and Ramona's like, yeah, twice. <laughs> I mean, it's sad that, you know, Ramona, Lola couldn't make it. But, I mean, she was having a party. So somebody must have, like, filmed it. Like, some of the um, highlighted moments of the uh, the Nutcracker. So that way... Lola can see it. And she's got a gift for Jackson. And Jackson's like, oh, right, yeah, I have a gift for you, too. And it's almost like, I don't think he did, but he grabbed a gift. So maybe he did get one for her, or maybe he just grabbed a box. Like, here you go. That was sweet how Lola arm-hugged Jackson around the, the waist. That was sweet. So Lola leaves to go to her grandma's, and Ramona's like, oh, cool, that was nice of you, Jackson. What'd you get her? And Jackson's like, oh, I am i didn't know she was coming. I just grabbed the first gift that I saw. That isn't good. I wonder what was in there. Oh, it's CJ and Steve and Bunny Jack and Rose. This is such an adorable wreath that CJ made as a thank you to DJ for helping uh, Jack with his tummy troubles. It's a wreath. It's got a uh, poinsettia. It's got some frosted cranberries. It's got some silver and gold bells. Just, it's decked out in all the holiday goodness. And DJ holds it up. He's like, wow, it's as big as a truck tire. I wonder how much that weighs. And looks like Steve got CJ a very nice diamond bracelet. Aww. So, Steve and CJ tell each other they love her. They love each other and they boop each other on the nose. Like, boop. And then they kiss. And then Rose drags CJ over to DJ. 
and hands back the heart necklace that Max gave her. Like, here, I'm going to return this to you. And DJ's like, oh, no, you can keep it. And Rose is like, well, no, it was yours before, so. And apparently CJ does not want that in the house, which is understandable. And Rose gives Max his gift. And it's definitely, it's wrapped. You can tell it's a dinosaur. He's like, oh, you got me a brontosaurus. You know me. Of course, Max is like, oh, and I have a gift for you, too. He's pulling a Jackson right now. Are you going to pull something under the tree? Like, oh, here's something. Here you go. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Happy Merry Christmas. So Max goes over to DJ and says, Mom, I need your earrings right now. Like, no, buddy. (laughs) And DJ kind of bends down and says, Max, these are real gold. And Max tells his mom, yeah, Mom, but this is real love here. And Rose tells Max, like, it's okay, Max. Real love isn't about gifts. It's about being soulmates. Oh, they are. I hope she comes back for the second half of season five. And she kisses him on the cheek. Ah! (laughs) There we go with another Titanic reference as Max jumps up on the, the chair. Throws his arms up with his presence. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> oh, I love how they incorporated this with Elias. This being his favorite movie, Elias plays Max. And right behind Max on the end table there is a framed photo of Nikki and Alex when they were about two. So like season six. So the door opens and we have another guest. It's Jimmy. He's back. And Stephanie is just so excited and overjoyed. He's like, oh, your RV was gone. I thought you were gone forever. He's like, oh, no, I always save my shopping to the last minute. That's why I get Christmas deals at Hanukkah prices. And Stephanie apologizes. Like, I'm sorry I pushed you away. I love you and you're awesome. Aww. And Jimmy just looks at her like, what did you say? So he's pulling a Stephanie. <laughs> And she's like, uh, I feel the same way. Do you do? And Jimmy's like, no, after that. And she's like, you're awesome. And he's like, no, before that. And she says, I love you. And he's like, oh. And Jimmy is just like, oh, I knew I heard that. Oh, I want to play this. It's so sweet. save my shopping for last minute. That's how I get Christmas gifts at Hanukkah prices. I'm so sorry I pushed you away. I feel the same way you do. I I love you. You're awesome. Wait, what did you say? I feel the same way you do. No, after that. You're awesome? No, before that. I love you. (sighs) I knew I heard that. I love you too, Steffa Claus. Steffa Claus is cute. Kiss. Okay, now can we please open some presents? Yes! Yes! Oh, the bunny just set the bunny right there. Oh, Cosmo brought a carrot! A treat for my sweet. I hope she knows I don't dress myself. <laughs> I hope he knows I'm a boy. Yikes! <laughs> That's so sweet. They kiss and it's all great. And Max is like, hey, let's open some presents. And everyone's like, yeah, present time. And Steve puts Jeff the bunny on the coffee table. And Cosmo comes in from the kitchen with a long carrot the length of Jeff the bunny. 
Of course, Cosmo's like, oh, I hope that she doesn't think I dress myself. And Jack, the bunny's like, I hope he knows I'm a boy. <laughs> Aw, sweet. I really liked this episode. And that's basically it, everyone. That's the episode. So, of course, my most relatable is going to be Stephanie for the reasons I listed in the episode. Uh, best outfit, I want to give it to Kimmy because I loved that sweater she wore with the Santa Claus riding the reindeer in space. And of course, second is definitely going to be the her um, her Mouse King costume. As far as worst dress, there really isn't anyone worst dressed in this one. But, um, I'm going to go with as far as the Full House life lesson for this episode is just, guys, if you aren't ready to say I love you, do not feel pressured to say it back. You will know in your heart when the time is right. And if a person is pressuring you to say it just because they said it, uh, I think you need to kind of evaluate. Because <laughs> you should never be pressured to say something that you're not ready to say until you feel it and know it in your heart. Okay, so next week we will be jumping ahead to the final episode in the Tis the Season series. And see, it's from Season 4, Episode 1, entitled, Oh My Santa. When Max gets a case of the Bah Humbugs and Tommy has a meltdown at the mall, which we don't see that, DJ does everything she can to get them back into the Christmas spirit. Once Christmas is done, then the following week we're going to ring in the new year with a Full House and Fuller House New Year's episode. To kick things off, we're going to do Season 4, Episode 13 of Full House, entitled Happy New Year, which aired on December 20th, 1990. Joey feels lonely when he can't find a date for New Year's Eve. And then we jump to Fuller House, Season 2, Episode 13, entitled Happy New Year, Baby. Steve comes to DJ for help with an import, uh, important proposal. Jesse and Becky's new addition brings Danny and Joey home and has Jimmy spouting baby talk. This is the season two finale of Fuller House. So before I end the podcast, I do want to play a little bit of Elias Harger, who plays Max. He made a little tribute to Cosmo, and I want to play it for you. This is so sweet and sad and, and, and just... It breaks my heart that Cosmo passed away. And just the Full House and Fuller House stars that worked with Cosmo, they're, you know, sharing their pictures and, you know, giving their condolences and everything on Instagram. And it's just, it's sweet that, you know, dogs, they're only with, our pets are our loved ones, and they're only with us for a short amount of time. And sadly... Cosmo's life was cut short. So I'm going to play this as a suite because on the show, Max and Cosmo had like 90% of the scenes that Cosmo had were with Max. So Cosmo was my friend. He played Cosmo TD Fuller on our show, but his real name was Cosmo too. We were puppies together on Fuller House. His very first episode was Mad Max, season 1, episode 5. And his very first scene was when Max played the trumpet for Cosmo in his bedroom. Before that, the other dogs were actually different golden retrievers. In the beginning, he had so much energy, just like me. Just like me, he liked to play. 
It was sometimes hard to get Cosmo to pay attention and stay on his mark, and I had to be careful not to distract him during a scene. But he grew into a seasoned actor. In fact, we both learned to control our energy on set. We might have acted together, but our friendship was no act. I used to worry he would forget me when we were off work for months at a time, but he never did. Cosmo would come back to work at the beginning of each season and melt into a wiggling mess of dog kisses, wagging tails, and brown eyes burning with joy. He would stare at me while rehearsing scenes, waiting to get permission to run over for cuddles and pets. Every May 17th, I remembered Cosmo on his birthday with a toy and a special treat. He'd let me shower him with hugs and kisses. Once, while I was running a fever at work, he was there for cuddles. My real-life emotional support animal. He was one of the boys. A real member of the Fuller House family. A sweetheart. Loyal, patient, and true professional. Two weeks before the end of Fuller House, Candace, Andrea, and Judy sat with me at the end of the workday and told me the horrible news. Cosmo had died suddenly from a complication from surgery. He was only four years old. I was heartbroken. To honor him, I held his photo during the final curtain call, and they announced his name along with the rest of the cast, because he deserved to be there. And I believe he probably was there in spirit, wagging his tail, grinning his golden retriever smile. I love you, Kazi. I am forever your doggy daddy. Rest in peace. So yeah, I just wanted to play that for you. It's just such a heartfelt message from Elias, and it's just ugh. like I said, guys. No one, no one likes losing their pet, and pets, their family. No matter what anyone says, like oh, it's just a dog, or oh, it's just a cat. It's like no, they're more than that. So that being said, um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you have a wonderful holiday you guys get the hopefully get the presents you want and um you know spend time with you know family friends or however you celebrate just enjoy your time together and i will be back with season four of fuller houses oh my santa bye bye everybody